Hey guys, welcome back to Maintaining My Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Reyna. And if you're new here, welcome. If you're here, it's most likely because you love yourself so much that you want to learn more ways to support your own happiness. You know that life is not always fair, but you trust that there is always a way to bring yourself back to joy and bliss, no matter how deep of a hole it feels like you're in. And that's my intentions for this show, is to remind you that it's safe to be happy and you have everything within you to create an enjoyable life, no matter what your external circumstances are at the moment. Today, I wanted to talk about something that we've already went over on the podcast, but it's from a new perspective, and it's about external validation. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to share some tips that you can use and take with you to help you move through life differently if seeking permission for your happiness is something you can relate to. We're also going to talk about where my need for validation stemmed from, how it impacted my life, and how I went from needing validation to be happy to simply enjoying it when it's there, but being okay when it's not there. First, let's talk about what needing validation might look like for you. And that's First of all, not being able to make your own decisions. So let's say you are looking for a new job and you don't know what job to take because really, actually really you do know what job to take because you know what job you want, but you're asking everybody else around you what you should do based on what they think the outcome will be for you. And it's because you're afraid of their judgment or disapproval of what you might choose you want to be accepted and loved by them and you don't want to make a decision that's going to make make them think differently of you. Or maybe you get upset or offended when someone disagrees with your opinions or viewpoints on something. So you go above and beyond to try to change their mind or like you actually get upset or annoyed at them. Or maybe a good opportunity comes your way or an opportunity to pursue something that you're really passionate about comes your way and you deny it because you're afraid of the judgment or disapproval of others who will think that you enjoying this activity or job opportunity or whatever it is, is weird or not not good enough for the family that you grew up in or it's not going to make you enough money or you know whatever it is. And sometimes, you know, these thoughts that other people are having are well-intentioned, but you have to remember that it's coming from their own viewpoint of the world, and that's not, somebody else's viewpoint is not always the viewpoint that you need, right? It's, they're oftentimes just negative or their own fears of why it might not work out being projected onto you. So it's not always the greatest idea to seek other people for advice, especially if those people are not in a position that you desire to be in, right? Or maybe you seek validation by going out of your way to do things for people just to be praised, not because you have the energy for it or because you actually want to do it. You're simply doing it because you want them to be like, wow, thank you so much. I really value um, your time, and which is that's not a bad thing to to want to hear either, but if you don't have the energy for it and you have a bunch of other stuff you need to get done in your own life, that quick hit of dopamine of being validated or praised for helping someone else isn't really doing anything for you. So where does this constant need for validation to support our happiness 
even stem from and how are some adults so fully confident in the decisions that they're making while others are over here sitting anxious worried about every little thing that they do and worried that if they say the wrong thing it's going to make that person not love or accept them anymore and this this is in childhood um adults who adults who are i guess quote unquote naturally confident they have a stronger sense of self-worth because they were most likely reassured by their caregivers or their parents that they were doing a good job or maybe they played sports and won trophies constantly and were just always in situations where they were praised and told that they're they're doing a good job and they are valued and loved and accepted for who they are no matter no matter even when they get in trouble they're reminded that they're loved and they're not punished and shunned and shamed for the quote unquote bad things that they did instead they were taught how to look at it as a lesson and grow from it whereas adults who are more anxious and insecure they most likely grew up in an environment where they where they had to constantly surround scan their surroundings for approval and to know that they were safe and that things were good like maybe you had really controlling parents who would use negative words or physical abuse whenever you did something that they didn't like and even if you did something i guess quote unquote bad that you know required like a lesson that you needed to learn like maybe you did something in school that you got in trouble for like it's understandable to get in trouble and need to be punished or for something that you did wrong but there's a way to do it to help you learn from the lesson instead of like scolding you and shaming you or hitting you or whatever it is that happened at your home my need for validation stemmed from having mostly absent parents and growing up in a household that i consider to be unsafe for children and If you've been following the podcast, you know that my mom, my mom took her own life when I was 6 years old. I actually think I shared that on Instagram. I don't know if I shared that. On, yeah, I did. I shared that on the podcast in the last episode. My mom took her own life when I was 6 years old, and my dad wasn't really around that often. And I just want to say that whenever I talk about my family, I don't do it to bash them or to shame them. I love and accept and forgive my family for all of the things that they've I guess quote unquote put me through or put us through because I understand that they were acting from their own awareness of the world and they didn't have the tools and resources that I have growing up to learn about mindfulness and mental health um I you know thanks to social media I was introduced to a lot of this stuff so my parents didn't have that so I found forgiveness for them with that so I just wanted to express that real quick before I move on it. I don't say this stuff to bash them. I'm just sharing my story and this is my truth and I don't even know if they listen to my podcast or not to be honest. But I thought it was important to point that out because when I first started making the connections of how my childhood impacted me as an adult, I started to grow a lot of resentment towards my parents and that wasn't a good feeling to have. So I'm happy that I have this perspective of just knowing that they didn't have all the resources that that I had and I can show them compassion and while also having boundaries and holding boundaries um without putting them down you know and living by example and in doing that I actually think that I'm inspiring them to take care of themselves even more even spoke to my dad the other day and he said that he is quitting smoking so that's really cool news 
Um, anyways, moving on back to my story. Um, my my need for validation it really stemmed from having absent parents and living in an unsafe household. And when like your parent, when your parent takes your own life, like. And when you're a kid, you don't know that this stuff is happening to your your subconscious and you don't know how it's going to affect you as an adult. But you as an adult, it's really easy to feel like you're unwanted or not good enough. And that's that's those are the feelings that I experienced a lot because you think like, why, why didn't they want to get better for me? Like You hear these stories of all these moms who have kids and they go, oh, my child just changed my life. I just wanted to start living differently and taking care of myself differently because they're my whole world and I'll do anything for them. And I thought like, why didn't my parents do that? Why didn't my mom want to get better and take care of herself? And why didn't my dad want to get clean and stop going in and out of jail and get and fix his anger management issues for us? Like, why didn't he want to do better for us? And you start to believe that you just aren't good enough or that you weren't wanted and that you were just a mistake. And then you were just there because you had to be. And I honestly, I always felt like I was just there because they had to be like my mom, my mom took her life when I was six. We were living with my grandparents at the time. We as in, okay, I'm going to back up and tell you guys a little bit more of my history real quick. I have six siblings um, my dad and my mom had four kids together. I was the youngest. And then there's my brother, Michael, my sister, Nicole, my oldest brother, Danny. And then my dad's now wife, she had a daughter who's my age. And, um, when I was 10 years old, they had my little brother, Philip. So there's six of us. I always lived with my grandparents. Well, I, f I feel like I always lived with my grandparents until I was about five. Um, I mean, maybe that's not true. I might have lived with my dad a little bit too when I was like a baby, baby. But I don't, I don't really remember. Um, I just remember going back and forth, like between my grandparents and my dad's house. And then when my mom passed away, we moved in with my dad. Um, we, as in me, my brother Michael, and my sister Nicole, we moved in with my dad. And then my oldest brother Danny stayed living with my grandma because he was older when it happened. He was like thirteen or fourteen, I think, years old when it happened. Um, so he just, he stayed living with her. Back to my point about always feeling like I was living with my dad because we had to, not because he wanted us there and he desired to be with his children. Like, I, I honestly did not feel that was true at all. I, what I know or what I'm pretty certain of is at the time we had to move in with him because my grandma couldn't afford to take care of four kids. So we, of course, would have to go move in with my dad because he's my parent and he needs to take care of us, right? So I moved in with my other, with my siblings and my stepsister lived there. And it's really, it's really just reminds me of like a Cinderella situation where the stepsister didn't like the new girl that had to live with them. And I would always get picked on by her. And I'm not, I'm so not saying this to shame her or put her down at all. I love my stepsister so much and I have so much compassion for, for her and her experience in childhood. But when we were children, she did pick on me and she would hit me sometimes and steal my stuff. She wouldn't hit me like hard or anything, but she would just pick on me and she would steal my stuff and I would get in trouble for telling on her or saying something about it because well, I think the trash truck is here, so I'm just going <laughs> to... Hold on. 
Okay, I think the trash truck is gone, but he might come around and we might hear him beeping again. So I'm sure you've all had a trash truck before, so it's fine. But anyways, my back to my story. My stepsister, she she would pick on me and steal my things and I would tell on her and I would be I was afraid of her because she was she was tougher than me and stronger than me and I was just this little girl who was I mean, I just lost my mom and being forced to go move in away from my comfortable home and I was scared already. And so when I would get picked on, I'd be even more scared. And her mom didn't like that I would tell on her because, of course, my stepsister would lie about doing the thing. So it would look like I'm just trying to make her look bad. And then my stepmom and then my stepmom and my dad would start fighting. And the fights would get really bad to a point where cops would come to my house. And my dad never hit my stepmom. I've never seen him do that before or anything like that. But they would get so bad that they were just like yelling. And I think things were being thrown. And I'm pretty sure my stepsister and my older sister would get into fits. Oh, there goes the trash truck again. Oh, you know what? Yeah, because he had to go around and then turn around and get the trash on the other side. So anyways, um, my I think my stepsister and my, my older sister would get into physical fights. Um, but I never was hit myself. I think I was hit like one time and it wasn't that bad. But I, I would see my siblings get hit. Um, especially my stepsister who would pick on me, like she would get hit a lot. And um, again, I'm not saying this to bash my family. I'm just speaking my truth and sharing my stories, but she would get physically like kicked in the stomach and slammed on the floor. And it wasn't okay. (laughs) Uh, Child protective services would come to my house and my siblings would coach me and tell me what to say. Um, because we didn't want to get taken away. So they would pull me to the side and tell me, like, you need to say this, you need to say this, you need to say this. And we would just deny, 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 deny everything. And um, so we wouldn't get taken away and split up into foster homes. And (laughs) if you've ever seen the show Shameless and the show The Fosters, those two shows are, like, my life growing up. Like, combine those two shows together then that, that was my life growing up because there was some good things that you know happened and then I just of course you remember the bad things and we're just going over the bad things in this podcast but it was an unsafe household overall and what that and there was more there was more examples that's just one example and again I, I really don't mean to bash my family but what this caused me to do is constantly look outside of myself for approval and safety because there was always fighting somebody was always mad or yelling about something Growing up in that type of environment caused me to experience extreme hypervigilance as an adult. Basically, I was constantly on edge, worried that I'm always that I'm doing the wrong thing or that I'm bothering someone or that somebody's gonna lash out at me for something that I said or did to make them uncomfortable in their in their own life. Like for example, when I moved in with my new roommate. I was constantly, like the first few weeks of living here, constantly asking her if something that I'm doing was bothering her or saying like, oh, was I too loud in the morning? Like, did I wake you up? Or is this too annoying? Or just always asking her if what I'm doing is basically okay or letting her know like, oh, I I left that on the counter, but I'm going to grab it as soon as I get back. And just like letting her know, like, I know that what I did might be making you uncomfortable, but I'm going to fix it later or I won't do it again. And she was just like, 
girl, you need to live your life. Nothing you're doing is bothering me. I can't hear you. And she's like, she's just always so happy and positive and has not given me any reason to believe that she was ever annoyed with anything that I've done so far. And um, I've actually, she actually knows um, about my past and stuff. And we've had these conversations. Um, But I was constantly worried that I was bothering her. And that's stemming from me constantly worrying that I'm bothering my family when I was growing up. And and I can actually pinpoint where that stems from specifically in my childhood. And it's because my dad used to work night shifts, then he would need to sleep during the day. And if we were too loud and we woke him up, oof, he would be pissed and he would start yelling. And then every once in a while, that would cause a fight again. And that made me constantly like wanting to make sure everybody is really comfortable in their living situations and not wanting to bother anyone, ruin anyone's sleep. This reminds me of a more extreme example. One time when I stayed the night at a man's house I was dating, it was the first night I left my dog at home by himself and I couldn't sleep. I was tossing and turning all night and and the guy I was with, he had to be up early for something for work or something. And he made a comment about how I was messing with his sleep. He's like, damn girl, you're messing with my sleep. <laughs> and he said it in a joking way, but it triggered something in me. And it like, it made me feel like, oh my gosh, I'm messing with his sleep. I'm making him uncomfortable. And these aren't thoughts that are necessarily like consciously going through my head. But in my mind, it it's triggering the the memory of when I would mess with my dad's sleep well not on purpose but I mess with my dad's sleep and he would get really upset and to me it's like oh this guy isn't going to want to talk to me or see me anymore because of me waking him up in the middle of the night and I know that's a little bit extreme but that's how bad my hypervigilance was I'm just constantly worried that I if I make somebody uncomfortable or do something to bother someone that I am not loved or I'm not valued or wanted The place where I searched for the most validation for was through men. And I think this is because the story that I picked up in my subconscious growing up was that the man is the provider and I need a man to provide for me in order for me to feel safe and secure. And once I have that, then I can go ahead and enjoy life and what life has to offer. But until I have this man in my life that's going to support me, then I can't enjoy life. This thought process wasn't something I ever said out loud. It was all subconscious. And what I know now is that most of our actions are based on our subconscious beliefs, not our conscious beliefs. So my subconscious was telling me that I needed a man to support my happiness and to take care of me before I can truly enjoy life. And so that's what I was doing. I would put literally all of my time and attention on how I could make sure the man that I'm dating is staying in my life instead of just knowing and trusting that who whoever is meant for me is going to be in my life and whoever is not is not going to be in my life and everything is always working out for me. I did not have that thought process at the time. I truly thought that men were all powerful and I put every man that I ever dated on a pedestal. And this this impacted my life um pretty negatively in a sense that I would actually put off making friends with girlfriends and building strong relationships and connections with my girlfriends 
because I thought it was more important to make sure that my relationship was going well. And the thing is, it makes it even more worse is that the relationships I was, the quote unquote relationships, you can call them situationships that I was in, none of them were healthy. None of them were healthy relationships. And the men that I would date who were good men, th those wouldn't last long because they would pick up on my anxious attachment style and quickly pull away. I even had a moment where, or this one time with my friend, one of my girlfriends, we we spent months planning. Um, it was her Christmas party. We spent months planning to go to her Christmas party together, and we were so excited about it and planning. We got matching outfits and cute necklaces, and we were just talking about all the fun we were going to have. And the night before the party, my ex who I was dating, and um, this was in college, like, I think, like, I don't even know how long ago at this point, like, seven or eight years ago, um, he texted me, he was in Vegas, and he was like, um, I want you to come to Vegas with me, I miss you, or whatever he said, and I made some excuse and convinced myself that I needed to go to Vegas, and this was the night before the Christmas party, I ditched my friend after months of planning and getting cute outfits, and I went to Vegas that same night. And I got on an airplane and I bought my own ticket. He said he was going to pay for it. I don't even think he ever paid me back. Bought my own ticket. I met him in Vegas. And looking back, he really just wanted me there because they needed more girls to help them get into the clubs for free. And I ditched my friend for a Christmas party that we were so excited about. And luckily, um, she forgave me after a couple of months. She forgave me and we're still good friends today. But but that was just one example of how I would put off friendships or building friendships with my girlfriends because I thought that my relationship was more important, so much more important that I would literally ditch a friend for a man. I basically spent my entire 20s and college career and into my late 20s seeking the validation and love from a man. And None of these men ever gave me any money or actually ever really supported me. I just actually just wanted to be desired and wanted. And this this impacted my life in a sense that I, I wasn't I didn't know who I was without the man. I was always doing what I thought I had to do to get his attention. I was doing what I thought I had to do to make him like me and make him want me. And which brings me to the next the second lesson, if you want to call it that that I picked up growing up is that all men, this is the lesson that I was taught, all men only want one thing, and that one thing is sex. So what I would do to get their attention was use my sexual energy, and that wouldn't always, the trash can's coming again. No, it's so weird. Um, but what I would do is use my sexual energy to get their attention, and this wouldn't always play out in my favor because some men would take advantage of it. They would see this girl with an anxious attachment style and they would know that I would be always be available for them. So it would just end up being a situationship where it was basically just sex and no other form of intimacy. And, and there's nothing wrong with having sex, but because I had this subconscious belief that all men only want sex for me, it made me become extremely self-conscious and insecure in the bedroom, which led me to needing validation that I was doing a good job in the bedroom. And if I didn't get the validation that I wanted or that I thought I needed, 
then I assumed that the man wasn't going to love me or want me anymore. An example that comes to mind here is the last guy that I dated. I was at his house and we were going to play trivia. And he said that the winner of trivia, or the loser, I guess, I don't know, one of us had to give the other person a massage if the other person lost. And in my head, I was like, oh my God, what if I lose? And what if I give a really bad massage and he never wants to see me again? <laughs> like, these are the thoughts that would go on in my head. And that it was actually, the hypervigilance is so, was so bad that I would, and I actually don't know if I'm using this word correctly at this point, but I got triggered and it caused me to freeze up during the date. I froze up and I got extremely self-conscious and I completely just shut down and I, I wanted to go home. I couldn't go home though because he drove me and we were drinking a little bit, but I wanted to go home and I completely shut down and it just made me feel really uncomfortable and obviously the relationship didn't work out and I felt defeated again and I was like, why does this keep happening to me? Why can't I just be normal in relationships? Why do I always push everyone away? And I started to get really in my head and starting to think I wasn't good enough again because I was like, nobody ever sticks around and nobody ever stays to help me get through this and help me work through the issues that are coming up. And what I know now is that it's not the man's responsibility to help me get through my need for validation. It's not the man's responsibility to support my happiness or to even support me financially, which nobody ever, no man ever supported me financially, but it's not the man's job to do that. And it's not the man's job to support my emotions or to keep me happy. But at the time I was, I thought that I needed to be in a relationship because I desired closeness and connect, deep connection and support and safety and love. But I didn't know that I could give that all to myself. And that by doing that, by giving myself a sense of love and safety and support that I thought I needed from others, I would then attract the love, safety, and support that I desire naturally. It's inevitably going to show up in your life. So although you don't need it from a specific person, you will get it anyways from community and friends and family members and just people who genuinely love and support you because they they want to be around you and because they see you loving and supporting yourself and that's people who people want to help people who want to help themselves right they don't want to of course it's good to be there for other people who need your help and who are struggling but there's a difference between validating someone's emotions and supporting their happiness and just you know simply being there for them in other ways. If you've been following the podcast or following me on Instagram, you know I've been doing a lot of shadow work lately to help me not show up for life as someone who constantly needs validation to be happy. And instead, I can just enjoy the validation when it's there and be okay when it's not there. And I'm going to share seven steps, my seven-step process that I believe would help you overcome your need for validation so that you can simply like enjoy your own life and not worry about other people. But before they do that, I just wanted to remind you that if you can relate to any of the story that I just shared, I highly recommend you join Self-Trust Alchemy and do your own shadow work 
Self-Trust Alchemy is a 16-week program hosted by Beatrice Cabal. She is a mind expander and a podcast host of the Self-Love Fix podcast. I've been following her show for a few years now, or a couple years now. I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while. But her program really changed my life. And I have a discount code for anyone who wants to join. If you join before the end of June, you'll get 11% off the price of the program. And the program is about... I think it's like 20 something under 2000 something. Um, it's less than what I paid right now. And it's a three month program and you get the program for life. So you can keep going through the videos over and over again and applying it to different situations of your life. So a lot of my friends are like, oof, the price, how could you pay that? But it's a life changing program, like not to sound corny, but it really is a life changing program. And you have access to the videos, the modules and the journal prompts and everything for life that you can always constantly go back to it. So it's, it's an investment in your mental health and those kinds of things can be a little scary at first to make, but it's it's so worth it. I highly recommend. I'll put the link for Self-Trust Alchemy that already has the discount code applied in the show notes of the podcast. And also if you want to know more about the program from another perspective, I recommend checking out the Self-Love Fix podcast because it's hosted by Beatrice who hosts the Self-Trust Alchemy program and she'll be able to tell you more about the program from her perspective. But I wanted to leave you with something today that you could take with you and apply to your own life if seeking validation for your happiness is something that you're going through or if you feel like one specific person is your only outlet for happiness and you're constantly just trying to get this person's attention and you feel like nothing you ever do is good enough but for some reason this this person is it for you and you just can't experience happiness without them I want you to know that that's not true and that you have everything you need inside of you to create that sense of love and safety and security and deep connection that you actually desire and really the way to do this is to become your own best friend and start being okay with spending time alone and getting to know yourself and knowing what your passions are and what lights you up and what your why is every day like what what brings you joy and then doing the work to rewire your limiting beliefs everything that tells you that you can't do it without some other person helping you or without this one person agreeing with your decision and you can rewire your limiting beliefs through EFT tapping hypnosis daily affirmations there's lots of ways to do that Um, also I think it's important to strengthen your mindset with mindfulness meditation and what I mean by that is like deep breathing meditation where you sit really still and you just focus on the breath breathing in and out for five to ten minutes a day and that's significantly going to it's going to improve your focus and your attention span and decrease stress and improve your sleep and all that fun stuff but what it's also going to do is stop your racing thoughts and I think racing thoughts and negative thought spirals are what really like I don't know those really affected me because I'd constantly be wondering like did I say something wrong did I do this I can't believe I said that that person's never going to talk to me again and just always thinking about something that I said or did from the past and wondering how I could have done it differently. Practicing meditation, mindfulness, breathing meditation has been a game changer for me to help me overcome that, which is why I actually recorded my own mindfulness meditation that's designed to help you stop racing thoughts and increase your overall sense of self-worth. 
and I'm sharing it with my one-on-one -on -one clients and actually taking on clients again. So if you're interested, just come say hi to me at Maintaining My Happy on Instagram and we can set up a free call to see how I can support you on your healing journey. The last point I want to make about being your own best friend or supporting your happiness and your own well-being is to create a solid foundation of self-trust through your self-care routine. And this is a mind-body-spirit routine. Because when you have that, when you have a solid mind, body, and spirit self-care routine, that's when you know you have your own back and that's when you can trust that you will always be able to bring yourself back to the preferred states of happiness, joy, appreciation, and love. So I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. Let me know any takeaways that you might have gotten from the episode over on Instagram or leave them in the comments on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening to the show. Also, if you know anyone who might benefit from any of the lessons I shared here, please share this episode with them or post it on your Instagram stories if you feel called to. I really, really appreciate your guys' support. It means so much to me. Thank you guys as always for being here and I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.